Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 7 of the We're Alive Fancast. I'm Mr. Redbeard. And I'm Mick. And in this fancast, we cover the We're Alive audio drama we try to release by uh, the Thursday following a Monday release of We're Alive. And just so everybody knows, we try to record on Monday. So if you put something out on the forums or Twitter or Facebook and we didn't mention it in the show, that's why. Thank you for all those that have been interacting with us. We really appreciate it. And it's really adding to the show so much better. And tonight, it's a little bit different because Redbeard and I actually are getting the podcast together due to some technical difficulties, I guess, maybe, maybe yeah. not. But Well, I'm in the middle of moving into a new place, and I made uh, Mick over here move a bunch of boxes for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wasn't any big deal. I'm glad it wasn't way more than what it was, though. What else are friends for? Seriously, what else? <laughs> Moving, that's when you find out who your real friends are. <laughs> yes, that's very true. <laughs> well, we're really wanting to work on our transitions and stuff for this show, and we're not really good at making music and things like that. We've kind of put a little few things together. I don't know if anybody else out there does like to do music or things like that, but if you do and would be interested in trying to do different transitions for us, if you could contact us at, what, what email address? Uh, contact at mickred.com. Yep, contact at mickred.com or we're live at mickred.com. Just let us know you'd be interested in helping and we'd definitely mention you in the show notes as well as the audio and don't worry about getting the email address wrong because whatever you put on there it goes into a bit bucket i can go look at the, those emails too really even the yeah like you can put it to you can put flying spaghetti sloppy joe yeah okay oh food reference is awesome i like that <laughs> <laughs> it is um, <laughs> the cult of the sloppy joe <laughs> sounds like mighty boosh it may have just started if it wasn't one or we can start it now They might have feelings. (laughs) In this episode, we're covering Chapter 38, Unity Makes Strength, Part 1. Yeah, before we get going to the coverage, I did two seconds of research. (laughs) uh, I just googled Unity Makes Strength, and it's actually the national motto of Belgium. Nice. What does that mean for We're Alive? Waffles are for breakfast. Oh my goodness. That's going to be it. Waffles. (laughs) Also, it's the model of Brooklyn. Huh? Jay-Z probably thinks about that. Going back to Saul and Tanya's roots, because didn't they come from the upper northeast somewhere, didn't they? They may have. I don't know. I don't know about that. Hmm. Yeah, but I bet Grog knows. Yeah, I bet Grog knows. I bet it, I bet he's it's burning in the back of his ears yeah. right now. He's yelling at us right now. <laughs> you got it wrong! <laughs> Just kidding. You got to cut that out. <laughs> so, okay, Mick has some comments about the title... Uh, beyond it being for waffles. Oh yeah, we were, we were talking about what un, what unity makes strength could mean. I was wondering if it was referring to the colony being unified. This is before we listened to the show even. I wonder if it, if it was the colony being unified, or would it be you know Michael's angle and saying you know we all need to be together. But I kind of I'll have to change my take at the end of this coverage here for that for sure. Yeah, that's a. I mean that was an interesting take. You know, for having nothing, I thought it was kind of cool. Okay, so. We're checking out the album art now for Chapter 38, and what it looks like, we're, I'm gonna guess, is Bert, and he's wearing—is that a—is that a vest or something to hold that big 50 cal? 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It looks like just normal LBE gear. I'm trying to figure out what kind of firearm it is because I can, it looks like a you know normal it's definitely like, some grips machine on there. gun. I think that's a 50 cal. Maybe. But I was wondering if it was going to be something else. When I when I saw it in a smaller picture, I thought it was like a flamethrower or something. <laughs> but and then when I, when I first saw it big, I was like, is that an M203? And then no, because I don't see a barrel above it. So yeah, I'm assuming it's a 50 cal, and that's just the the heat shroud around it. Did you ever get to fire those? Yeah, pretty amazing. They're a lot of fun. That and the saw. Yeah, Mark 19 was the most fun. Also, Mark the 19 is awesome. You can take down a building with one of those. We got to shoot a pretend tanks out in the field. Oh yeah, with those. Oh, they were real tanks. They were decommissioned. Oh, also, cool. was so scared of one of them falling out out of the bottom of it. Basically, Mark 19 shoots grenades. It's a it's a grenade machine gun, <laughs> belt fed, and you're warned that one of these grenades could fall out of the bottom. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that can that really happens and if it's a problem, but I was certainly scared of it. I mean, grenade launching machine gun. I think that says it all. Yeah. <laughs> we need more of that in the zombie movies. But we got Bert on the cover, which is awesome. So I was really hoping, having Bert on the cover, I'm really hoping that we get to see he and uh, Riley go tear some stuff up. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that myself. So a couple of things I wanted to say about the art. Too much beard for my taste. Uh, Not enough. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Can I don't know if I can even say this, but Redbeard's beard is puts this beard to shame. It's much, it's much more full. But no, it's this is a great beard. But after we clicked on it and zoomed in, the first thing I thought when I looked at Bert's face was, oh my goodness, is that Casey Wayland with the photoshopped beard? <laughs> no, that's the actor that really plays. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, I see it now. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Have they done a lot of uh, real faces? On, because I was trying to figure out if it was art, but it looks like it's definitely a photo. Uh, this looks like Photoshop stuff. I don't, I don't know. It, it's awesome, and like the paintings are taken from pictures of the actors. And okay. Actresses. I've yeah. Noticed that. That's, that seems to be Casey's style. He really makes them part of the story. This this one here looks like a photo. Now the beard looks like it's probably added on to. I think it's been it's touched, been touched up, up with a little blur action going little on. Adobe cloud. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cloud. Yeah, you know, if he's if he's emaciated right now, his beard should be longer. Oh, all the skin. Okay. And yeah. And also, I was thinking, Bert. <laughs> Bert's a lot skinnier than this right now. Maybe. Than this, this picture shows. He loves tuna sandwiches, so you never know. Put some weight on you. <laughs> I guess. Some people eat them on a diet. I don't know. I don't know. It's awesome album art. We don't have to look at it for every detail. Yeah, that's all I had. <laughs> okay. We opened up the show in the infirmary. And we got... Tanya and Datu are talking, and Tanya's talking about they've discharged most of the patients, which is pretty awesome because it sounded like that was a crowded place before. Yep, yep. and so they they removed Hope's bandages, yep. and she she's upset a little bit that she can't see. A little angsty, blurry vision. A lot angsty. Yeah, there's still a lot of hope that she can improve her vision with the drops and wearing sunglasses to get used to light. And Datu even recommends maybe prescription glasses. You know, they're re- they're grasping for straws. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to give her a positive outlook, yeah. which doesn't work. And she's a, she's being kind of a brat. Typical teenager, I would guess. I never was a teenager. Uh, but my prediction is that her sight will fully return with or without glasses. I mean, maybe she'll need the assistance of glasses further along down the line. But I think she's gonna. I think it's gonna come around. I think it'll come back. It might be somewhat limited to what it was before, but I think it'll come back. Mm-hmm. But you know, she, you know, she's giving Datu a hard time, and I don't think Datu expresses his love very well. Mama Tanya set her straight. She did right after Datu left. <laughs> she really, you know, she 
gave it to her whenever Hope started to lose hope. Yes. Talking about, should have just got her off dead? Nope, nope, nope. Wrong thing to say to Mama Tanya. I don't know. Hopefully Tanya's talk turns Hope's tantrums into rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> Happiness. Man, this was my favorite line, so I gotta repeat this one, because if you're looking for a pity party, you ain't gonna find one here. I don't have time for that crap. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I also love that the focus of the show the, in the title is kind of repeated throughout the episode, where Tanya says, the only way we're going to make it through this is sticking together. I think that's important. That's right. A little bit of unity. They've got to be strong against this zombie mess. I've got Michael's journal slash CJ ordering people around the cleaning up. Let me pick up a journal. So the next scene that we come across is Michael talking to Saul and Victor about leaving. So Michael's just kind of just now finding out that they're leaving, and I'm assuming this, well, this is it's been a week since they found out, so I'm surprised they haven't talked about it, or maybe they don't want to talk about it because they're afraid of revealing the truth behind them leaving. Right. Which will be a bad thing for everybody. I kind of think at the point. Mm-hmm. So the excuse that CJ uses is Dunbar, or that they all use is Dunbar. I was really upset last time we covered this because I knew she was kicking him out, and I thought it was just like I'm kicking you out, and you know what? You can, you can. I guess I'll let you stay at Dunbar. That'll be fine. And now it's turned into like Dunbar is going to be a, another type of base that they're going to have in this fight. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Well, it makes them more of an axis instead of. They're rooted to one place. Right. I and think that's important. Erwin can't happen again, or Boulder can't really happen again. It's easy because they're spread out a little bit more. Yeah, they're kind of spread out down there, too, Boulder and Erwin. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not all in one place. You know, I'll go ahead and talk about it right here, but we had uh, Undead Sweeper brought up an idea, too. I was like, well, maybe just like Boulder and Erwin. So what if CJ has the houses wired to explode at any given time? You know, I was like, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's an interesting angle to look at. I don't know if I put it past her, I, but I can't think of any reason or thing that would that would point her as she would do that. But maybe we just haven't gone that far with her yet, and it, it'll be a surprise later on. That, that would be in, really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It may be a, an advantage, too, at some point. So, so Michael is surprised... And, and I am, too, that Lizzie is going to Dunbar at this point because they haven't gone and made sure the building's clear. They, I mean, they're traveling with her, with a mm-hmm. pregnant lady. Yep. And it just seems very irresponsible. I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on that? I mean, do, cause we, do we know at this point, is Dunbar still intact? Do we know 100% without a doubt that Dunbar's still intact? I don't see why it wouldn't, but... We don't know that, but I think as the audience, for now, we're supposed to just believe that... Dunbar is this great fortress, and it even left alone, it's fine. Nobody knows about it, knows where it is, and... I don't know, it just seems really irresponsible. Oh, taking Lizzie. I, I see what you're saying. It does seem irresponsible, and plus, she's going to be due in probably three-ish months, give or take a month. I'm not really sure exactly yeah, on the it? timeline it March. I don't know what month we're in right now, but I know the baby's coming in March. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tanya's supposed to come up there and during part of that time. She's supposed to make periodic visits. That's what the plan is currently. But like I was saying, we've got two more pieces left of this chapter. They could get to Dunbar. It could be be a complete mess. And who knows what they do. We have to hunker down for the night. But there are other options. But we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. So now we're to Michael's journal. We find out it's been a few days since the last episode. And that the gates and walls, equipment, etc. are all being repaired. And CJ is... (laughs) 
<laughs> Tanya Tanya got onto her about going around too much. So CJ's on a hospital bed with an umbrella, and she's been wheeled out to it's be able street. to street. Yes, to be able to give orders. <laughs> then the very first line is Datu when they get out of the journal is Datu saying, "Aren't you supposed to be on the bed?" Yeah, so she's, she's already out. she's yeah, already, already off the bed. Her leg's been bleeding because she's mm. been around like too much. That's disgusting. Oh man, she's gonna. But she, it's uh, I don't know. I, I'm wondering is this from a perspective of I care about this stuff and I want to make sure it gets done or is she a really massive control freak because over the last couple episodes I'm kind of leaning to the latter there's no question for me I've yeah she's a she's a, a control freak for sure in my book and that's I mean she's been and I'm wondering if it's always like this or is this what happens when she leaves with her emotions right but I'm not sure that it's really a bad thing in this zombie apocalypse well, no, and to be honest, with as much as that's being done and, and getting accomplished, and she's maintaining order and things, you know, it doesn't. It's not like slave labor like the colonists were under before. So I can really appreciate all the things that are being meticulously carried out. But yeah, I wouldn't appreciate it if I was some of the colonists. And there's some people saying, you know, she's ordering around this and that, and they're getting annoyed with it. At one point, Michael says that things were getting back to the way they were before the attack. And for a second there, I thought he was saying that things were getting back to way to the way they were under Marcus and the gatekeeper and everything. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought he like, was going to say that too. And I had, wow, that's pretty bad. I actually backed it up for a second. I'm make sure no, I did not. He just meant the colony point. physically is back to the uh, getting back to the way it was before the attack. But yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. I, I was mm. definite that they that's where it was going to go. That she was treating it like a like a work camp you saw how they were showing how much cj was just just deep into it you know yelling out orders whenever michael kept trying to get her attention like three times before he was like look dunbar yeah so michael's talking to cj and i I was wondering the same thing is it is it her passion to make sure things get done or is she avoiding the topic i thought she was avoiding it the first the first listen through the second time i was thinking i don't really know yeah, I, I was really curious about that. I, I don't know. The second time, I, I, I was still kind of thinking it. I, I was to a third time, too. No, I'm there with you. I, I think I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. It is, but I think you're right on it with she's avoiding the subject. Cause she can hear him right there. We'll edit that part. The doctor has a generator running. And that's good news. Four months. It's four months. Or the, oh, okay. right before you get to that, yeah. there, there was another part that I thought was interesting. And I, this could be one of two things. She's talking about, I'm sending those two because I, and it's dot, dot, dot. And I don't know, it didn't sound like maybe she slipped on her crutch or something and maybe there was some pain. But it almost sounded like she said, I trust them. But she like recanted real quick. <laughs> that's what you, that yeah, that's what you caught. I remember you saying that because we, we actually got to listen to it together today. But what I was thinking that she was going to say was something completely different. I thought she was going to say, because I can't stand them here or because I kicked them out. Or because I don't want them here. I thought it was going to be that more than I trust them. Really? Because why Why wouldn't she say she trusts them? I mean, that would make, if I was going to send somebody to. I think, I don't know. I still think their relationship could be mended eventually. Oh, it, it yeah, it can. But it's going to take time. I think she was saying, I think she was trying to, they're hammering home what you said earlier about her avoiding the subject because she doesn't want to tell Michael because I kicked them out. I don't think she'd mind telling Michael oh, that she trusts them. Oh, you think them. the two are related? Okay. Yes. Okay, that's, yeah, that's true. And so also, uh, Michael wants to get wants to talk more about the attack that we heard about at the end of last season, and he's wanting to push up the schedule because well, apparently CJ and her great planning, she's got this written out. She's uh, focusing so much on the colony. colony. She's got a calendar. Yeah. And it's not going to be four months until I think they can even start doing scouting missions. Yeah. 
And they haven't even talked about we want to do medical research on the zombies yet. Right. She hadn't even acknowledged that because she didn't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's crazy. But also she said, you know, at the rate we're going, I guess maybe she underestimated how, how hard these guys could work. But she's saying we could probably get it faster. And well, then she, I was wondering if it was that or if he was he's she's trying to get him occupied on not only stuff there at the colony, but away from the colony as well. So, she, so he quits questioning her. Right. I don't know if that plays into it at all or not. I guess I, we'll just wait and I, see. I think she was being earnest when she said she would move up the priority. Of course, then she had her, you know. But you're gonna have to do something for me. There's always a catch with CJ. Yeah. Always. <laughs> what was that catch? I forget. Was it the one about she could? He had to go to Dunbar to do it. No. Uh, he has to train the colonite. I don't know which the col- That's right. colonist. That's right. He, weapons training. He has to train the colonists on the weapons and uh, how to run the equipment and the vehicles and all that other stuff. So that was the catch. That was interesting. So I'm wondering if that gives more of a like a, a militia there or how's she going to use them? Right. I just think she wants to have, you know, have everybody trained so they can have a decent defense because that's definitely what she's working on right now is repairing everything, getting the defense going before they start uh, branching out and doing the other. Yeah. And then she mentions also, you know, if you're going to go out looking, you're not doing it from our back porch. You'll, you'll have to go to Dunbar and then start doing things out from there and coming back. That I really, I thought was smart. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what they've always done in the past and it's caused nothing but problems. Plus, I, the other reason I really like it is that he will be able to communicate with Saul and Victor while he's up in that area because it's up near Dunbar. Right. And this is where she's talking about the safe house. Mm-hmm. So that's the other backup. You know, the for Lizzie being with that group, if something ha- bad happens, hopefully they have access to all the safe houses. Yes, and I think they will. And I, like I said earlier, I think this is really a good call, you know, launching the scouting from somewhere other than the colony and also returning to other FOBs, which are forward observing basis. I was going to see if we wanted to use the FOB term. It's just an easy term to use. That's cool. So uh, return to the other FOBs instead of Dunbar in case you were followed. My counterpoint to that is the man in the pinstripe suit, he already knows where the colony is. He already knows uh, where Dunbar is. CJ's kind of, surely she isn't forgetting that. And I know they might be worried about bringing back a a roving horde, a roving mindless horde, but I think they're a little bit more organized than that. CJ mentions that Dunbar, you know, being an extension of this place, and coming back to it again, I really like this idea that we've got the colony, which sounds like the center of operations. You've got Dunbar, another branch out there of, of the, you know, whatever we're going to call them now, the good guys. <laughs> another branch of the good guys. And then you're going to have all these fobs that are out there that can be, you know, manned as, as they get people trained up and everything like that. Now, what I thought was kind of funny is that CJ gave Michael a map of all the safe houses up near Dunbar. Right. She just carries around a map of Dunbar and all the safe houses around it. Or I guess maybe because she's out there giving orders to everybody, she's got like a file bin with her or something. I'm not really sure. It just seems a little impractical. Yeah. I'm picturing underneath her gurney a few files and maybe a box of files, like all this stuff. (laughs) I don't know. I just... uh, Huh? Okay. You had a point about Dunbar. Would that fit here? Do you want to save that for later? Oh, yeah. We can go and talk about it here. So, okay. We had a week off for Casey and Blair's wedding. Congrats. Congrats. But during that time, on Twitter, John Bennett's put a picture of a armored truck. Like a bank vault truck or, you know, a bank. We call those an armored Just an armored, armored truck. Armored vehicle. Armored truck. Posted one of those up and it said Dunbar on the side of it. And asked, we're alive. Is is there any coincidence with this? And we're alive. Answered back. 
Re- research what Dunbar means. So I went and looked it up, and I thought that was pretty interesting. The, the meaning behind Dunbar and its roots are fort, castle, or summit. There's other stuff, too, but those are the ones I thought were relevant. Yeah. that's. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that We're Alive is active on Twitter, and, uh, and, of course, Casey and people behind it are on the forums as well, always interacting with the community. It's really cool. Very, very cool. We move on to Michael Journaling, and he's mentioning how he's impressed by CJ. It he, turns out at the end it's really a, a coloring book. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> We're going to get that up. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty funny. He journals that he's, you know, he even felt insulted that this civilian would be chosen over him and be the person in power that he has to look to. But now he he's beginning to think that she might have been the right choice. And he also mentions that he can't believe he didn't think of stuff that, like she's thought of. And I, I think he was talking about the fobs. Is mm-hmm. that what you got? Okay. I believe so. I think it was just the way she was organizing things and the way she was getting people busy. Well, he said, I never even thought of that. I thought he was talking specifically about the... He may have. I, I can't remember. The sure. 60s and 70s McDonald's that are now armored, as one person in the forums put it. <laughs> Who said that? I can't remember. I don't remember. know, but that, that, was, was, that hilarious. was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. That's all I had for that section. Oh, but you know, with all that being said, you know, Michael's saying that she may she may be the better person leading the colony. Right. He does add to that. Not everyone is going to agree with her decision. Exactly. And then we move into the next segment of uh, Lizzie and Riley in the cafeteria. I guess they're cleaning up after dinner or lunch or something. And Riley's kind of upset. A little bit. She's, uh, she's going off about, about Saul and Victor being forced to Dunbar. With Lizzie. She's mad right. about it. She's really she's mad about Lizzie. She's also mad that Lizzie's going. going. I guess he feels closest to this group and doesn't want to be split up from him again. And, you know, of course, I felt the same way last time a lot. I really don't want to be split up. I can see that it's going to be a good thing, how it could be a good thing. And she even says at this point she, she's wanting to go. Mm-hmm. She wants to go and help out. And then Riley, I didn't catch this in the first listen either. Riley's beginning to suspect something else is up. How very perceptive of uh, our French <laughs> yes. Of the French yeah, girl. she's asking a lot of why questions. Why them? Is there something more? And she, yeah, this is right where you're talking about. She's very perceptive. She's thinking this has something to do with C- maybe CJ having feelings towards Saul. Is yeah, what it boiled down. To. Yeah, because she said, you know, Lizzie's like, well, Saul wouldn't do that. And she's like, well, how well do you know CJ? Mm-hmm. So, oh, spot on. So something will happen. She's gonna be like, I told you so. <laughs> And then the, the next and last scene is Michael, Saul, and Victor. They're uh, packing up for the move to Dunbar. Later on, Liz and Tanya and Kelly join in this conversation. They're loading the vehicle. Yep. But along the conversation, Michael's, you know, he's saying, I'm scared about it for you guys, and you're taking Lizzie. And Vic says, Dunbar is pretty well fortified and defensible. Uh, might be scared for you, Michael, here at the colony. You know, I, I want to note on this one, too, that Saul is avoiding certain subjects. You know, he's avoiding, especially when it came to, you know, this responsibility could be rotated. He just doesn't answer at that point. And there's gonna, I think there's a lot of things there. It's going to make Michael go, hmm. You know, especially when he's talking about the late, uh, about Lady not going. Yeah, and Saul never meant, never answers back to that saying that, yeah, I might be back here. No, he never says. He, he knows he's not welcome back, but yeah. you know, Michael's going to learn that at some point. Michael tells him, uh, it's not like you won't see her again, and Saul doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. So this may be a hint to Michael that something's up with this move. Yeah. I mean, he's already thinking it's kind of weird. Might be him and Riley talking later and kind of putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a feeling, just since we're near the, the end of this anyways, that Bert and Riley are going to be end out there, end up out there at Dunbar. But it sounds like they got to get approval from CJ in order to leave, which I thought, like, 
like, oh, that's a little reminiscent of the old one, old ways of doing things. Yeah, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm pretty sure that they would have to get that approval or be completely exiled. Oh, on, a, on another note, because we haven't heard from her in a little bit, we, we finally hear from Kelly. Yeah. And I guess her ankle's still healing up because she's, <laughs> she's still not supposed to be around on putting weight on it. And I'm not always that excited whenever Kelly's on there, but she's uh, they, met her. they mentioned, you know, everybody's doing their tasks. And you know what, Kelly? I think you have a task, too. She just straight up says, who cares? My friends are leaving. <laughs> I, you know, that can wait. And she's smart. I agree with her. She's she's really improved. I think when Michael put her in her place that, that one time when she was wanting to, you know, pitch a fit and want to leave with her nephew... I, I think uh, I think she completely yeah, changed her outlook. Yeah, painted a pretty clear picture. Fine, leave, get out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so Vic mentions that they're, it's going to take them an hour and a half to get there. Even though it's only 30 miles away, they're going to have to take a safer route. Yeah, not, they can't go directly. And they're going to be escorted by uh, Puck and Muldoon mm-hmm. with the 50 cal. So they might get a little action next So week. someone else on the forum brought this up, and I don't know. And it, it kind of messed up the timeline in my head when I read it. But... I thought they were supposed to repa- be repairing the 50 cal. Do they have two of them there? Yes, they do. I thought one of them was at Dunbar and one of them was there with them. I think there is one there, but I think they have two of them. Oh, there was another one mounted on the helicopter. Maybe they took it off. Might have been it. Or maybe really that sure. one's messed up. But oh. they, but they, I'm pretty sure they mentioned the 50 cal on that truck. Yeah, they did. Okay, but good. they also mentioned that they were supposed to repair, repair one of them. Yeah. So I was trying to figure that out. Even though Saul and Victor are leaving, CJ, and, and it's at her hand. CJ has a to-do list for him while they're gone. Yes. Because Saul is commenting, that's what I'm not going to miss. Her telling everybody what to do all the time. And there goes the control freak. Even though she's casting them out, she's got her thumb on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's got some, a little laundry list for them to do. So, let me... Okay, so we got one more thing from the forum. Okay. And it's from Seven Odd is Dead. Todd of the Seven. Oh, is that Todd? First, thought, at first I was hoping it was Zod is dead. I was like, yeah, Superman fan. But then I looked at his information, his gamer tag on Xbox. It's Todd is dead. So Todd is dead on the forums. With the seven. With the seven. He's asking, can we go hunting yet, please? Not a big, not big on all this drama. I let, I let my mama handle that. Yeah. <laughs> That's freaking. Casey replies with patience. There's a reason for everything. Well, his banner keeps on going back and forth, but I, I thought that was. Kind of cool. Yeah. You know, and of course there's a reason for everything. That's why Casey does it. Yeah. That's uh, all the covers that I had. That's all the covers I have. Uh, but. Except in the credits. <laughs> except in the credits, there's been a change. Blair Wayland. Blair Wayland. They went ahead and already took care of it. That's really cool. Hi, Miss Wayland. Yes, Mrs. Wayland. Mrs. Wayland. <laughs> My bad. Favorite lines of the show? Go. Favorite lines of the show. There wasn't any really good ones that stood out to me this time, so I just stuck with Vic. Who always has some cheesy lines. Yeah. But Vic's great. He is great. But whenever he said burn talking about CJ handing out the tasks even though Saul thought he was getting away from him. I, it was funny, but you know, it didn't sound like his normal character. It didn't. I we had to go back and listen to it to make sure it was really him. Yeah, it was a little, little different. Like I, I already kind of shared my favorite during the middle of he it. Did. But that was Tanya setting hope straight. I thought it was great. I'm ready to move on to our ratings. Ratings, go ahead. Ratings. You know, I think I gave last time an 8. You gave mine an 8.5. And I'm, I'm giving this one a 9. It's because I'm really appreciating the setup. It's it, I can tell that it's being really well thought out. There's lots of different pieces being put in places that are going to need to be there whenever whatever happens next. 
I'm giving it a nine as well. And the reason I'm doing that is because I found myself not being so aggravated with CJ at the end of this episode. I was like, that's impressive. That's right. And one thing I realized since we were doing this show and having, you know, taking notes going through it, I'm really appreciating. Before I used to think they were just so short, nothing happened. But once I started realizing I was going to break this up into segments and take notes and everything, it's a lot of stuff that happens in 18, 19 minutes. Well, yeah, these aren't episodes of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually sustenance. Well, don't forget that I'll be there for you. <laughs> that is <laughs> So you put out a question on uh, Twitter. Yeah, I said, What's your percentage on Michael and Peg's getting together and being happy for an entire chapter this season? So two, you know, two things. Getting back together, one, and then being happy for an entire chapter. So mm. three parts. And I, as soon as We're Alive retweeted this, thank you so much, uh, manager of the We're Alive Twitter feed, uh, for retweeting that. Nathan Martin, he replied back, 70-30 for not getting together. Michael Taylor says, the same chance that the show goes for another season. <laughs> so, zero percent. Yeah. According to Casey, there's no way. No way at all. And I, I'm glad. I want him to wrap it up the way that he originally wrote it. That's good stuff. Don. And he actually reiterated on it, saying the best way to tell a story is to not tell all of the story. Some of those lines. I'm probably butchering that line, but whatever it was, it sounded great. Yeah, leave some to us. That's <laughs> fine. Just not the ending. He said that's going to be wrapped up completely. Don says, uh, Don Snark says, Slim and none, and Slim has left the building. I laughed when I saw that one. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Blake Davis tweets, I'll give it a 40, but it won't be a full chapter. So 40% of them getting back together. Just not being happy for a whole chapter. Hmm. And I hope they do not. And when this question came up, Mick, the first thing I thought about was a line from Fight Club. Why does a weaker person need to latch themselves to a stronger person? I don't feel that way. Just because she doesn't like violence doesn't make her a weaker person. There's many more reasons. No. Couldn't even give the guy a decent, hey, we're done. I mean, this isn't this isn't love line or anything, but some people, different people need different things. And I, Michael's I'm not, throwback. yeah, Michael's not good. <laughs> Michael's, <laughs> Michael's not good at giving what Pegs obviously needs, like we talked about last time. You're cut off. We're not talking about Buddy Dancer. <laughs> so you know, I had brain dumped this from early days of the internet, but yes, <laughs> Mick, Tangent alert, Mick. Brought up Bunny Dancer. And if you don't remember what that is, that's that creepy, creepy video from back in the day where this emaciated creature is dancing with an umbrella. If you haven't seen it, go look for it and you'll understand. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I think it's the scariest thing you'll ever see. Really old internet video, but... And if you think we're being mean to someone who has some kind of disease or something, don't worry, that's not what it is. It's self-inflicted. Go yeah. read, go go read the wiki. Yeah, if you can find him, it's yeah, it's a roundabout process to figure out who he is. But oh, okay, gave so, it away. <laughs> so Carrie Lawrence tweets, uh, "Don't think they will." Angie KM, oh man, she was she's freaking funny. She said, "Zombie food, fifty percent. <laughs> One last hookup, fifty percent." So okay, I can see that happening. They may get together, half and half. They may get together, it's a comfort zone, but not stay together for very long. Angie also came back with a 0% chance back with Michael, 100% chance Hunger Games tribute that dies in the first five minutes. And I had to go, I had to I te- you know, talk to her a little bit about what that meant. And she let me know that basically in the Hunger Games, there is no honor in dying quickly. Uh, 
Uh, mm. I, I, I've seen the movie. I really enjoyed the movie and all that, but I haven't read the books or anything. She's she's also hilarious. She said that it was you know Pegs was great. She sought Latch to protect Michael. She learned to fly, and that's cool. But after the business, the last chapter and what she did with Michael, it's just unredeemable. She I said, was rooting for her to become a stronger person until after that. She but she finishes up with followed by she must face the arena. No mercy. <laughs> That's awesome. She said there's no coming back from that. Uh, Florida Girl says, not going to happen. You didn't expect this many tweets, did you? I'm just keep going. No, man, it was awesome. This is cool. I'm glad everybody got involved on that one. The Bacon Man says, well, since even good things happen in a zombie apo- in a hashtag zombie apocalypse, I'm going to say 70-30 for getting together. Nick Craig tweets, 0%. I'd barely say one part of a chapter. Bob A, it'll happen near the end, and then one of them will die. <laughs> Beautiful. And this uh, this guy, he's always tweeting to the show, Mister Redbeard. <laughs> he says, "I don't want that. I don't want that to happen at all. Let her attach herself to someone else." <laughs> what? what a jerk. <laughs> okay. So you you don't want it to happen at all. Do you think it will happen? Nope. You know what I think will happen? Right What's at that? the end, they will come face to face, and it will be kindly greetings, and you'll it'll be something that hints to the fact that they're gonna get together afterwards, and we'll never know. Okay. Mulder and Scully. Oh, Mulder and Scully. Good times. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that they do get back together. There's going to be some kind of arc leading them together, and they do get together. I'm going to go 50% that they're happy a whole chapter before the end. I mean, that may end with them being happy and they continue going on. But I do say they get back together. I'm not sure they stay happy for a whole chapter because Casey may not even like to write like that. You know, He's got solemn Lizzie. We're going to have a special episode after the season's done. And I plan to do an episode about what life would be like after zombies. Okay. Everybody gets fat. <laughs> Our zombies are all fat and then they lose weight. Yeah. Well, hey, it's a serious issue. Obesity kills. <laughs> all right. Uh, I've got one. I've got one last email. Right. Got a not a viewer, but a listener mail and tweet. Hey guys, it's from I am Paul. It says, Hey guys, I am Paul from the forums. CJ is running the colony, and of course, Saul and Victor are forced to Dunbar. What if, when Michael gets wind of this, which hasn't happened yet, this was written last week before this episode, what if, when Michael gets wind of this, he leaves with either his troops or the rest of the Towerites, Bert, Riley, Tanya, Hope, Datu, Lizzie, or both, and goes to Dunbar as well? Then there could be two bases, very apt, if you saw that happening, not mm-hmm. just them getting kicked out like I thought. And I've ran across a lot of stuff where he's got some pretty good foresight. I am Paul continues. Not sure though where Bert and Riley will go. I do love where it is. Where it is it now? Prediction: Bert and Riley go after Scratch. Prediction: Bert and Riley go after Scratch. Scratch kills Bert, and she thinks she kills Riley. In the last moments of that storyline, Scratch gets cocky, and Riley has just enough life left to kill Scratch before she finally dies. Thanks for the great pod. Oh, hey, thank you for mentioning that. We really appreciate uh, the feedback. But that would be. It's a very bleak In an amazing way. I would. I don't want Riley to die. So I am Paul. How does this podcast make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Riley to die. <laughs> no, no, that'd be terrible. That would be heart wrenching, especially I, after getting to talk to Miss Claire Doden. She's. Have we talked about so favorite cool. characters yet? I don't think we've talked about favorite characters. Okay, you wanna... we'll probably do that next week. Hey, what are your guys' favorite characters? That's, that's a very. You know, let us know what your favorite character is. There are and many why? ways to get hold of us. Twitter, Facebook. Yep, hit us at email. Twitter at WA Fancast or email us. Email us at We're, we're Alive. <laughs> we're Alive at mickred.com. 
That's M-I-C-K-R-E-D.com. Or you can always come and visit our site at, at micred.com. And micred spelled how? M-I-C-K-R-E-D.com. Like the 90s all over again. <laughs> Everything's just... <laughs> so, uh, hey guys, thanks for listening. This is, again, this is Mick. This is Redbeard. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mick Red is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. Welcome to the We're Alive. <laughs> That's quite so everybody needs love. <laughs> this episode <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Karate chop yeah. Dang, I'm all excited about this one. Really. <laughs> it's only been a few days since the last episode. It's fantastic. Part four. Evening was falling now. The man and his daughter were pulling out of the driveway when a shadow raced by his car. He heard a scream, unlike any he had heard before, and when he looked toward it, there was nothing that could have prepared him for what he saw.